Hey, how are y'all today? This is Tex. Welcome to Tex Talks. Hope you're having an awesome day. There are three books that I'm going to bring into this discussion. Maybe more because you know I am. I'm impulsive and I'll get up and leave the camera, go grab crap and come back. And y'all look at me and go, you're not supposed to leave the camera. And I'm like, whatever, go talk to somebody else. In keeping with introducing some books for people to read, uh, in my last one, I discussed, um, oh, don't laugh at me, I'll get up. Hey, I guarantee you it was worth the wait. So last time somebody pointed out to me that I didn't actually go through, and I, I forget that these things are sometimes just voice only, and I'm just assuming you're looking at what I'm looking at, and you know what assuming does, um, you and me. So I'm going to go back and hold up a book that I had before, and it's Magic 123 or 123 Magic. Some of us are a little dyslexic. Um, it's a very effective book, and the guy's name is Thomas Fellon, PhD. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, if I didn't, please forgive me, And but still the same. I'm giving you a plug because, like I said, I think the book is good. I don't, I don't put books in a picture unless I think it's good really good okay and the other one is adele faber and elaine moslish and it's how to talk to kids so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk another good book okay so i wanted to plug that first before i go into the books that i'm talking about this time so <laughs> if you haven't heard of it you should have this is an awesome book codependent no more by melanie Beatty. and it's really been around and notice it says 25th anniversary edition more than 5 million copies sold i'm hoping that more than a thousand have been read because a lot of y'all and i want to fuss at you a little bit so get over it buy a book read a book and i know you don't always read a book all at one time i know there are times when i buy a book read a paragraph a chapter several pages put it aside come back to it but keep pecking away at it and you will get it read. And there's a lot of good content here. And I'm going to tell you why in a minute. Uh, I did find there's a uh, workbook that goes with codependence. Um, this one is by Crystal Mazzola. Okay. And the practices in are pretty decent. Uh, I won't, you know, lie. All therapists go through and we find workbooks. We pull stuff from it. We use it. We encourage our clients to buy the workbooks. But first, we give you a little taste. It's like, you know, going into one of those stores where they give you a little taste of food and tell you, here's a nice big bag over here to buy. Get it. Now, I, I advise you if this pertains to you. And of course, this one is another one that I reference sometimes how to break free of the drama triangle and victim consciousness. OK, so this is Cartman's drop drama triangle. And I talk about it a lot of what I do. It's been around. I like the idea of transactional analysis. And I like to use the drama triangle to explain and talk to people. So that in mind, we got the setup. So codependent no more. First thing I want to do is I want to read you something from this and see if it hits home. Because a lot of people, when when I say codependent, they automatically associate it with just substance using. And a lot of times they don't know what it means. And they have ideas and they get a little off. So I like the one definition that this person has in here. Uh, their definition is a codependent person is one who has let another person's behavior affect him or her 
and who is obsessed with controlling that person's behavior. Good point. So, so why are you, you know, letting other people control you? And why are you obsessed with controlling others? Now, now the whole thing with, you know, substance abuse and stuff like that and alcoholism, you know, people getting their needs met, people trying to get you to support them while they do the things they do, whether it's drink, smoke, gamble, whatever. Um, there are other things that you're trying to get people to do and help you, you know, support your habit. Sometimes it's just being lazy. I'll put it right out there. You don't want to do things. You don't want to take care of yourself. You don't want to take care of what's going on around you. Uh, a lot of times these behaviors are people getting enmeshed and that's where the fun of it all begins. For you to be a codependent, you have to have somebody that you're trying to control. And what's the difference between this and say normal parenting? And I've had this asked me and I'm like, when you're a parent, it's your job to provide your kid with, you know, shelter, clothes, food, and to teach your child to be a responsible person within society. You can add to that as you see fit, depending on your beliefs, religious system, background, whatever. But that's the basics. Where it gets to be problematic is, is where we try to control our children and what they think and how they feel. Notice that I just left out behave because we disguise these things we have with people with, you know, behave. You know, you want your child to pick up their room. For a lot of parents, though, that's not enough. They want their child to pick up their room. They want their child to pretend they enjoy it. They want their child then to pretend to be grateful for the parents for making them do it. Come on, <laughs> stick to basics, people. You get your child to pick up their room, you're doing good. It goes a step further, though, where we actually want to control another person's thoughts and feelings. And, and where it comes in with, with the, the codependence is where you have someone who's doing something that may be, you know, tough on them. I'm fixing to do a book jump, so stay with me. Hang on, folks. Right here. So, rescuer, persecutor, and victim. You find someone who often, not always, is playing victim. Woe is me. I have a problem. Something's going on. Uh, you know, life is not good to me. Uh, yes, I know I have an addiction. I need, you know, I, I, I got this thing. Now, the difference between someone in the drama triangle, I really encourage you to, to, to look at my video on the drama triangle, to look at other videos on the drama triangle, read the book. Someone who comes to you and asks for help is different from someone who's hollering, I have a problem, but not asking for help. Just like helping someone is different from rescuing them because helping someone is that person asks for something you agreed to do a certain amount of things to help that person. And there's an agreement between y'all. And then that's the extent of the agreement. Stop. What will often happen, and you notice that you're playing rescuer role, which is going back to the codependence, 
you're trying to rescue people who didn't ask for it, or maybe they did, but they didn't ask for the extent you're asking. Then you're angry at them for not taking your good advice. You're angry at them for not listening to you. You're angry at them for not even being grateful and happy that you did what you did. Now, listen to the complexity of that. You did something that you weren't asked to do. And now you want that other person to thank you for doing the thing that you did that they didn't ask you to do. And all along you say, well, I did it to help them and they should be grateful. Oh, there's that should again. Don't be shouldn't on yourself, people. No, you, 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 you weren't asked and you did something. Some cases you are asked and you're doing it and it's not helping. They're not listening. And now you're angry at them, them not taking your good advice, doing what you want to do. Um, stop. Freeze frame. You're angry. And you're hurt. And the feelings are coming because you feel the other person isn't being grateful enough, thankful enough. They're not feeding. In other words, Translate that. I'm angry because you're not feeding my ego. Let me be a little bit more painful. I don't feel good with myself. I need you to make me feel good. And I'm angry at you for not making me feel good. And now you've shifted into persecutor mode. Most people who are working with codependence and, and all that are playing in that drama triangle. Because you just shifted and remember that's how the drama triangle works you shift from the rescuer mode to the persecutor now i'm angry at you and i'm going to punish and shame you because you're not making me feel good like i said keep breaking it down i'm going to shame you and make you feel bad because you didn't provide me with what i need to feel good about myself like i said keep breaking it down people breaking it down when you reflect, ask yourself basically what, at the smallest level, what operatives are going on here? Because people like to go and derail and talk about what they did and how they did it and this mountain they climbed and, and this thing they brought over. And I, I'm like, no, 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 let's break it down to the smallest details. To me, it's almost like math, breaking it down, common denominators, smallest figures. When you say, well, I went all the way out there to help that person and pick them up when they were out doing this bad thing. And I took them here and I, I got them this, and I bought them this, and I told them they should go see this person. And they didn't go do it. And I'm like, stop all that. Break it down. You jumped in to rescue somebody who didn't necessarily tell you they wanted that. You felt it was good for them or whatever, but you jumped in and did something without appropriate contract first. And when you do that, you expect to be made to feel good. That's your reward. Make me feel good either by doing it and telling me how grateful you are or just telling me how grateful you are so that I can feel good about myself. In other words, you've exchanged, you bought, you're merchandising. You're trying to force goods on another person so that that person will give you something in exchange for the goods. And that's feeling good about yourself. And if that hurts and it's painful, I'm sorry. Don't mean to make you hurt and be painting, but you know what? 
you have to go there. You have to address that because if you don't address the painful parts, you can't get over them. So it's kind of like when you hurt yourself. If you scratch yourself and it's healing, it itches. Itching is the pain. Let you know something's going on there. And then people will slide over and then you slide into the persecutor mode and you scream and holler and shame people in order to get them to do what you want them to do. In other words, you've obsessed yourself with controlling other people and you are playing in the drama triangle. And this happens in all kinds of relationships. It will often happen in, happen in the family relationships because what will go on is, is we take the responsibility of helping our kids to grow and learn with deciding for them what's best for them and then forcing them to do it. That is not the way this is supposed to work. Helping literally means, well, here, here we go. What information did you gather? I often have families come in here and, and, and I've watched even at, at higher levels, people arguing back and forth about, you know, what what should happen or what's going to happen with the child. I, I seen an excellent one the other day. I watched administrators and counselors arguing back and forth about what should happen to a kid who do they need home and hospice? What do we do for them? You know, should they be in school? This and that. And my first question was to go, so what did the child say they wanted? And they all looked at me like I came from Mars. And I'm like, well, the most important person in this whole process is the one you're trying to help. Notice I'm interjecting all these words that I hate, shoulds and tries. Because they were trying to help. They were failing miserably because they didn't do the first thing, which is gather information and find out from the parties involved what they want. Now, a lot of times it also comes down to, and here's the tough part, going back to the books and going back to the codependence. If you're taking things personally, oh, see, there we go again, another book I love, Four Agreements. If you're taking things personally, Ask yourself, what's that about? If someone's not accepting your help and you're taking it personally, instead of asking what's wrong with that person, ask what's wrong with yourself. Step back. Take a look at it and go, wow, I feel really bad because they didn't do what I told them to do. I'm really attached to their outcome. And I'm attached to how they feel about me. And then I'm attached to what I think other people are thinking of me. And I'm not able to self-adjust and know that what I'm doing is what I'm doing. And I'm okay with myself. So again, ask yourself, where are all these feelings coming from? Now, I can get all Freudian on you. And maybe sometimes it's appropriate. Maybe it has something to do with what happened to you when you were growing up. Maybe it had something to do with what happened to you, you know, as a kid or a teenager or even more recent experiences. We do tend to latch on to old feelings and bring them back up. Maybe as a child, we didn't feel loved, respected, honored. Maybe as a teenager, 
maybe as an adult. The question is, why are you trying to force this person to give you that thing that you need? What's what's the connection going on here? And I have a lot of people tell me, well, I have to help because that's my son, daughter, husband, wife, parent. Um, no, you don't have to. You choose to. And if you use the proper language to explain what you're doing, it gives you a little flexibility and leverage. If you come to grips with the idea that I'm really wanting to do this because of X, Y, Z, you know, I, I feel obligated. See, once you could admit those things, I'm doing it because I choose to, because internally I feel obligated. And I think that's what a good parent or a good child should do or a good son or daughter or whatever. Then you can actually look at it and go, OK, so so now I have some more ways of looking at it. And I obviously have some more options. And asking yourself, what is the real outcome that I want? And why am I attached to that outcome? I want this person to get sober. So you want another person to do something. And you can say, well, it's for their own good. Maybe it is. You wanting another person to get sober is not going to make them sober. That person has to want to get sober. Otherwise, nothing you do is going to make them get sober, especially not long term. And yes, they're important to you. And yes, you've done what you can do. Great. When you say that, I've done, I offered, the help was out there and they didn't take it or they took it, but they didn't use it well. You did your part. Asking yourself why you're doing things is very important. Going back in yourself and going, well, what's going on with me there? Why, why do I need that person to feel and tell me that, that I'm a good son, that I'm a good husband, that I'm a good whatever. What is that all about? Breaking out of that drama triangle, breaking out of codependence is about self-examination of what you're doing. And then looking at situations from a distance and go, okay, are they trying to pull me in? Do they want me to rescue them? I mean, some people even want you to be their persecutor. They will deliberately poke you and push you to try to get you to scream and holler at them because they want to play that victim role. And when they do that and you scream and holler at them, they can go, ha ha, see, I'm justified. I am the victim because you were mean to me. Instead of seeing the whole picture going, well, actually, I, I fished you in to do that. And if you allow yourself to be pulled into that, well, you know, then you're volunteering to play in the drama triangle. You're volunteering to be part of this codependent relationship. So I highly encourage you to self-examine, to think about what you're doing. Take the time to read the books. I do know for sure this one is on audiobook. Really nice. And the reading is really good. So I highly recommend it. And again, you can get all that from the library. This one you'll have to order, but it's not that expensive. And it's really worth it. And it's a very good little book. Uh, there are tons of videos and documentaries on Cartman's Triangle. Uh, you can go look them up. Um, the book itself, as you can see, is not very big. If you go through and read the book, it's, you know, I think I read it the first time for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. 
And then I went back and actually made sure of what it is I'm doing and why and and what I got out of it. So, you know, um, this one took me a little bit longer because I kept reading and going back. So this wasn't a couple hours. This was probably several days. Uh, and then the audio book, I just love because I love to hear books and then go back and touch on what I read. Um, and this is a decent workbook to go through. Once you've looked at that, go back and do that. Okay. So hope you have an awesome day. Namaste. Bless you. Please reflect.